are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool, and we are Locked On Cowboys. We're going to be answering your Twitter questions today. Uh, we've got a, a busy, busy show this week, uh, shows this week, Landon. But before we do that, did you watch the college football playoffs last night? I did. Uh, it was definitely a, a, an interesting game. It, it, it finished up a lot more uh, fun than I th- it started out, I thought for sure. like It looked like it was going to be kind of a low-scoring affair, and then it felt like as the game went on, things started to loosen up a little bit, and these teams were able to kind of move the ball. But, man, just two incredible defenses pl- on display. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was shocking to see uh, uh, Stetson kind of pull it out and, and, and play the way he did at the end. So it was something else. A lot of takeaways from that game that we don't have to get into today because we're going to have a long time for draft season and offseason talk. But second, so many draft eligible, so many draft oh, yeah. players in that game. It's just crazy. So, so many. How many times are we going to watch that game land this draft season just to evaluate prospects? It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, biggest takeaway for me, you better have some second level defenders who can run and hit uh, like Georgia did last night, right? Like that's the it's the future of football, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you need that kind of versatility, that ability to control the middle of the field and the second level. Uh, that's where modern off- offenses are trying to exploit reads and that sort of thing. So you definitely need some players who can fly and, uh, you know, if they make mistakes, can make up with those mistakes with more speed. All right. We're going to get to uh, your guys' Twitter questions today. But I promised uh, somebody today, a listener from Germany, uh, oh. Andreas, that we would uh, get to one of his questions because he was really excited. He DM'd me. He told us, us how much he loved the podcast. So he wanted us to talk about the Cowboys cap situation going into the 2022 offseason, which we're not quite there yet, guys. I know it's coming, and I know you guys get excited about it, but uh, let's just go ahead and do this really quickly. So <clears throat> as of right now, the Cowboys are scheduled to be $13 million over the cap with a bunch of free agents, including – Demonte Casey, Michael Gallup, Connor Williams, Malik Hooker, Leighton Vanderesh, Dalton Schultz, J. Ron Kerr, Storms Armstrong, Brent Urban, Randy Gregory, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. Uh, how can they afford to keep any of these guys? And the answer is they will, they, they're not going to be able to keep all of them. They'll be able to keep a couple of them. Um, they've done a really good job, though, of giving themselves some flexibility. Leighton, these are all the guys next year who have no guaranteed money attached to their contracts. Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Anthony Brown, Blake Jarwin, Greg Zerline, Jordan Lewis, Terrell Basham, Keanu Neal, CJ uh, Godwin, uh, and Trevon Diggs, Tristan, Tristan Hill. Like they have a whole bunch of guys that have zero dollars guaranteed, so they can be flexible here. They can restructure contracts. They can give some of these guys extensions. I they're not going to be big players in free agency, but they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, they have built-in flexibility here. And, and the numbers, when you look at them as of right now, just in raw cap space, they don't look great. <laughs> but uh, again, the Cowboys have been doing this for a long time and, and they've built these contracts in a certain way uh, so that they could move money around and they could fit underneath the uh, cap and could you know pay for the free agents that they need. Um, you know, I think Dak's contract would have uh, provided a little bit more flexibility if they had been able to get an extra year in there. 
But I think that even without that, they they have the ability to kind of move some money around, sign some of these guys. Look, they're not ever they're not going to get everybody back. But for the guys that they don't get back, they're going to get healthy uh, comp picks for because they're part of a very talented team that is going to probably have some high demand free agents. So, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think it's part of the reasons that that Marcus talks about how it's a little bit too early to talk about this is because you kind of need to see how those first few dominoes fall to kind of read the tea leaves of exactly which direction this team is going. Uh, so exactly. I, I think that I think that especially with you know some big decisions looming on some of those contracts. I mean, you mentioned it, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. These are guys with no guaranteed money that are, uh, hold big contracts. Uh, we don't know exactly what the Cowboys' plans are for them long term. So uh, I think you have to kind of see a couple of those first few moves go first mm-hmm. uh, before you can kind of really have a good feel for how the rest of the offseason is going to go. But I wouldn't look at that number and worry quite the way that you should (laughs) thinking that that's the final number, because likely that number is going to change quite a bit with some triggers and some money moving around and that sort of thing. An example, right? They're also, they're going to be carrying over $15 million in cap space, which will help. So that'll basically get them down to zero, I believe. But like, they've got some guys with huge cap numbers that just aren't going to sit on their books like that. For example, Demarcus Lawrence has a $27 million cap hit. That's probably getting moved one way or another. I don't think they release him, but they either give him some kind of extension, they renegotiate, whatever. Uh, Zach Martin has a $21 million cap hit. He's only 32 years old. My guess is they maybe add a couple years on or they, you know, they they move him, you know, they, they re, renegotiate that one. Same thing yeah. for Dak. Like with the salary cap going up, you can, you can renegotiate Dak's contract and, uh, you know, or, you know, whatever you need to do to it. And you can save 15 million easy that way. So I just, I'm not worried about it. No, not yet. We just don't, we just don't know whether to be worried about it yet. We just don't have enough information. Uh, it, it looks ugly as it stands right now, but I mean, right now the team is concerned about, you know, winning a Super Bowl. when it's time to get their money right for 2022, you know, it'll look a lot different. Uh, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm using uh, over the cap, which is a great tool, by the way, I restructured two contracts, Dak Prescott, Zach Martin, uh, and gave the Cowboys $23 million of cap space. It's two two moves. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Uh, they, they'll have options. So, uh, again, not going to be big spenders in free agency, but the core of this team will be back in 2022. And listen, you have a lot of depth on this team. You've got a lot of draft picks coming up. The Cowboys have a couple of compensatory picks. It's just the NFL that we live in. I just The team is going to be different. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be worse next year. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to some more questions. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you guys about TurboTax Live. I can't believe it. it's it's tax season already. How? It seems like it comes up so fast. How? I, I don't know. Uh, people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that makes things interesting. Maybe you are a full-time employee who decided to freelance this year, like I did the last couple of years. Or maybe you decided uh, to do some, some ride-sharing after your 9-to-5 job. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every single possible deduction for you. TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situations to get you your best possible tax outcome. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. The Cowboys are going to need after the, after the season to get their cap in order, I imagine. Yeah, there you go. They should hire TurboTax <laughs> to worry about it. Uh, all right, this uh, question for Corey. We've actually talked about this a couple of times, but I think it's a it's a good one to refresh. 
He said, is this offense better with Cedric Wilson in the slot and helping Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on the outside being more just focused on one position? I, you know, I think I've made myself kind of clear here that I feel like it feels like Cedric Wilson, when he's in the game, helps stabilize this offense a little bit more than when they. It doesn't have mean Gallup's good. a better or that Wilson's a better player because he's not. He, he's not. I just think that, that having him in the offense makes the offense more uh, stable and reliable, uh, and and that I think it's just another person who Dak can reliably count on being where they're supposed to be. Uh, uh, you know, on any given play. Not that you can't necessarily rely on that with Cooper and and Lamb, but it just feels like there's been a lot of high variance for those guys. Uh, So having someone who is kind of that reliable security blanket type at, at, you know, slot wide receiver and Cedric Wilson, it just gives you uh, another option when, you know, they're focusing so heavily on the other outside guys, right? And even with Gallup, when Gallup is out there and it's all three of them, uh, they're, you know, defenses are trying their best to try to figure out a way to take away all three. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you just need uh, another reliable guy who can beat man coverage without too, you know, without too much flair, without too, you know, too much. You know, sometimes these plays, they're drawn up to beat specific coverages in general. And really all you need to do is just be on time and be where you're supposed to be yep. in order to win. Uh, so I think, you know, and, and the other thing too, is like on option routes on things where it's about reading coverages or about, uh, uh, seeing the defense similar to your quarterback. I just think that Cedric Wilson right now is on the same page with Dak, yeah. maybe as much as any receiver on this team. So having a guy that sees the, the field, the way that Dak does, I just think it is, has a benefit to the offense. It doesn't mean that he's a better wide receiver than any of those top three guys, but having him on the field is uh, a benefit that you know that I don't know that the other wide receivers uh, uh, provide for Dak the way that Cedric Wilson does in this specific manner. So I'm going to say something that sounds really ridiculous, but I hope our listeners know what it, what I mean. Oh boy, Cedric Wilson is a less consistent receiver than Michael Gallup. Like he's just not as polished, right? Like he's He'll drop more passes. He's not quite the same route runner. But Cedric Wilson makes the Cowboys' offense more consistent than Michael Gallup. Does that make sense? It, I mean, that's what I, I – I don't know if it does make sense, but th- that's what I've come up with as well, right? Yeah. Like that's what I've been trying to say too is that I can't explain why. All I know is that when I look at the results or when I watch the tape, it feels like this offense moves better and more consistently is moving yep. the chains and, and looks more comfortable – and less disjointed when Wilson is on the field versus, you know, having those all three top three guys. And I, I can't explain it. And I don't know that it's always been that way, but the way it is currently right now, I, I'm not going to look at on off splits or anything, but just watching the tape when Wilson's on the field and, and that can you know, reliably get it to him at times, it seems like they are just more efficient than they are yep. when they have their top three guys. Uh, this next question from John, he wants to know, what's the answer to slowing down the Niners run game? I think you just have to focus on it. I mean, like there's, they have one of the best offensive lines in football, especially now that they're going to get Trent Williams back. Trent Williams has played about as good a season as anybody in the That's NFL. That's the belief, at least that he'll be back for this game. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how healthy he'll be. We'll see. I mean, but Trent Williams at 80% is still incredibly dangerous and, and difficult to deal with. Uh, I think, you know, for the Cowboys, they just need their defensive ends to play 
a really big game. Uh, they're definitely going to need Demarcus Lawrence to have a big game. Randy Gregory, this is a money game for Randy Gregory because he's yep. going against Trent Williams. They're going to be trying to run the ball that direction. We need the the defensive line to hold up on their own. You know, they, there's obviously a way to kind of load the box and and make things uh, uh, you know more difficult for them numbers wise. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, you know, with with Shanahan and the way that they run their offense you're going to need to find a way to kind of stop the run uh, without having to overcommit uh, resources there because it's the moment that you do overcommit resources there, you, you drop too many men in the box, they're going to play action over the top. And that's that's where Jimmy Grappolo will get you, right? Is yep. If you uh, open things up for him on the back end, you make the throws easy, he'll make them. So the Cowboys need to try to find a way to stop the run, you know, using base packages without having to load up too much in the box, without having to overcommit to the run. Because the moment that you do, that's the moment that Jimmy pulls it out yep. on a naked bootleg and tries to get uh, Kittle or someone on the move. So uh, that's that's what I would watch out for. The Cowboys just need to play assignment sound football in the run game, basically. And that's all true. Uh, another way that you can stop this run game um, is by scoring a lot on offense, right? Yeah force them out of their comfort zone where they can stay on balance and stay on schedule and make it, make this game attract me. Cause I really don't think that's what the 49ers want to do. Right. Like I think they want to play ball control, let their pass rushers tee off on, on offense and or on defense and win that way. But if the Cowboys open this game up, like they did against the Eagles where they score points in their first four or five drives of the game, I'm fine with Dak Prescott against Jimmy Garoppolo in the passing game. I, I think the Cowboys can win that. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you watch, you know, the Rams got up by 17, 17 points or something like that. And then they kind of took the foot off the gas and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, tried to kill the game. Like second half quarter, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is too long. That's just way too long to try to kill. You know, you can't run a 35 minute offense. You need to score 30 (laughs) points in this game to win. Yeah, That's so what you, be thinking of. you just keep scoring, and 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 once you get into the like the third, late third, fourth quarter, then you can start thinking about trying to eat some clock. But I would say up until then, you just need to be scoring points, build your lead as much as possible, uh, just make it so even if their run game does start to you know get hot near the end of the game, they're working against themselves and the clock to try to score points in time, yep. and you've got enough points that you feel comfortable with them you know, slow rolling up and down the field. I mean, because ultimately you can play shell coverages and, and, and try to like, you know, make them work the field. But if they're taking huge chunks out of your defense in the run game, uh, they're going to get down the field in plenty of time. Uh, and it's not going to waste as much time as you need. So you definitely need to score as many points to force them to have to get out of the run game uh, and then continue to try to score points and, and not let up just because you're up by X amount yep. before, you know, third quarter. Uh, next question. This one comes from Edgar. He wants to know how can the Cowboys slow down Debo Samuel? Tackle them. I mean, that's it's it Tackling. sounds so yeah. you you've got to wrap up. You've got to rally to the football because he's going to get open. And the 49ers do a lot of things smartly to get him the football. Like you're going to see probably three or four jet sweeps in this game. You're going to see him take handoffs in the backfield. You're going to see screens. You've got to fly to the football. And when you get there, you've got to wrap up because if you yep. just try to arm tackle and you try to tackle him high, he's going to beat you. It's just, yeah, that's, it's really that simple. 
guys falling off him and, and, and him kind of getting those extra yards, that's that's their whole offense. Yep. I mean, you know, they're not gonna be attacking you down the field regularly. Uh, you know, they're not gonna be taking shots. Uh, they don't have the kind of team that is uh, you know, throwing the ball over the yard. They very specifically scheme guys open and then their their explosives come from guys like uh, uh, Kittle and Brandon all these Ayuk. guys, Debo yeah. and Ayuk yeah. and jo- uh, what's a Juwan James or, Juwan or the, James. Like, yep. yeah, these these guys they get the ball in their hands and then hope that they can break tackles uh, and then get the extra yards and that's how they're getting their explosives. It's 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 Debo c- catching a pass for five yards and then breaking it for sixty. Yep. It's it's yep. Kittle catching a twelve yard comeback and then you know you, the first guy misses a tackle and then he gets ahead of steam. So they aren't going to, uh, you know, be running a lot of intricate down the field routes where you're going to have a perfect pass from Jimmy. I mean, that may happen once or twice, but their offense is not regularly going to be attempting to do that. They're going to get their plays. They're going to keep it kind of in a box. The difference is, is that they're going to get angles for their guys to get the ball on the move, uh, which is going to you know, hopefully destroy your pursuit angles. And then that's how they get their big plays and the way around that is exactly. to understand what's happening to you to take good pursuit angles that's really a key thing it's not even just tackling it's understanding your pursuit angles taking good angles and then finishing when you uh when you get to the ball carry and not just exactly. bouncing off of a guy like Debo Samuel he, Debo's really their offense right it's if you yep. can tackle him and you can limit the yards after the catch and you know the yards after the contact you're going to slow down this offense, but if he breaks off big plays like he did last week against the Rams, like the key play of that game was a 55-yard reception he had at the end of regulation to give the 49ers a chance to 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 tie that game up. He just broke a couple tackles, and all of a sudden he's in the middle of the field with the ball. That's, that's just not what you want to have happen. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about GetUpside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. We also wanted to tell you guys about OnlineGambling.com and thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge throughout the playoffs and providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make smarter bets than ever. OnlineGambling.com provides the best and most trusted experience all uh, on online all day, every day, Inspir- inspiring every better in the world to beat the odds. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for the latest betting news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right, next question, and this is a good one. Uh, I This one's from Adam. Who will be the X factor for the Cowboys on offense and defense in this game? Well, I think the X factor on on defense is going to be Micah Parsons, um, simply because I, I feel like the reasons that we talked about, you, you need to be able to tackle in the middle of the field. This is one of those games where 
Micah Parsons has got to control the middle of this field yep. uh, and, yep. and, 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 and the run and the, and the pass game uh, force Jimmy to, to get the ball to the outside. That's not where they want to go. They want to control, they want to have a run game and they want to control the middle of the field in the passing game uh, and, and then try to get chunk plays. Like we said, with, with yards after catch uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the key for, for, for coverage is just kind of harassing these guys at the line of scrimmage. Yep. I, I, you, yep. you want to try to make them delay the throw with uh, Jimmy G as possible uh, because you want to give your defensive line opportunities to get to the, the quarterback and make a, uh, make a tackle. So I think another huge X factor on the defensive side of the ball will be someone like Randy Gregory. Uh, but I think the key on the defensive side will be market Parsons because that's going to control exactly, you know, both the run and the pass game in the middle of the field, that which is the key spot where they want to attack. And then on the other side of the ball, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go, but honestly, I'm going to say, I think Leo Collins needs to have an incredible football game. If he's the one who's going to be going against Nick Bosa this whole time, you know, what you would like to do is to get San Francisco into some man coverage situations yep. and then have enough time to throw the football because ultimately the way, the place where you have the biggest advantage and the clearest way to win is in the passing game against their defense when you have enough time to throw the football because the the, the disadvantage that the 49ers have uh, at the defensive back spot, especially at the cornerback spot versus your wide receivers, is, is pretty serious. So if you have a way to avail yourself of that advantage, which would be you know having enough time before Nick Bosa gets on top of Dak – then you're going to have a good day. And if, if Lael Collins can provide that kind of time against uh, this kind of ferocious pass, which this is not Lael only. I mean, it's just Lael is going to be facing Nick yeah. Bosa more yeah. than anybody else. So I, I think that that is going to be a really huge X factor in, in exactly how well this Cowboys offense is going to be able to move the ball down the field. Uh, for me on offense is Tony Pollard. Uh, the 49ers are really good against physical downhill running backs where they struggle with speed guys. And if Tony Pollard can be the difference in this game, whether it's on screens, whether it's just on some wide zone runs and he hits it and gets to the second level, I think he could have a big game. We saw it last year, right? Like I know that these teams are totally different from what we saw last year, but Pollard had some huge runs against the 49ers in that game. I, I think, yeah. I kind of think the Cowboys resting him last week was them telling him, Hey, get ready for a bigger workload because we're going to need your speed and quickness and athleticism in this game. We're going to save Zeke for passing downs to help with Bosa, but this is the game where we need you to carry the rock a lot. Yeah, and more than that, too. I, I do think that this is going to be a game where checkdowns are going to be key as well because you're not going to get a ton of time because of the pass rush. You can send all your guys kind of deep to kind of take the chunk plays, but then what you can do is is check it down to guys like Pollard, check it down to guys like Schultz who are good in that kind of role and and get the easy, you know, hit the easy button every once in a while. It's okay yeah. to do that, to pick up chunks here and there, especially on first down if you're throwing the football. It's it's better to, to dump it off and get four yards on a pass than to take a sack or to run it into the teeth of the defense and get zero yards on first down. So yep. Um, I'd look for Pollard to have an important role there too, just kind of as a guy who can give you four yards quickly when you've spread the, the defense out uh, vertically. Uh, you just want to get some 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 quick, Agreed. easy yards to kind of get into good good ahead, good situation ahead of the sticks. And, and the last guy for me is Donovan Wilson. We'll see about the status of J. Ron Curse. It doesn't sound like he's going to be quite ready for Wednesday. Maybe back on Thursday or Friday, hopefully. Um, 
but Wilson's <laughs> got to be the guy that plays well in this game. He's going to be in a lot of conflict spots in this game where he's having to decide, do I try to go stop the run or do I wait for the, the play action cross, you know, throw to, to, to George Kittle or Debo Samuel. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw you two or three balls a game in the middle of the field that are just bad throws, right? We saw it against the Bengals a couple of weeks ago, and Jesse Bates dropped it. The 49ers ended up winning that game. I think Donovan Wilson, if he has a good game, the Cowboys are going to win. Yeah, I, if I could just read this real quick. Uh, Josh Cohen uh, tweeted earlier, uh, a PFF has Jimmy G with 23 turnover-worthy plays, seventh worst in the NFL. By the way, this is at J Cohen underscore NFL. Good follow. Uh, PFF has Jimmy G with 23 turnover-worthy plays, seventh worst in the NFL, four are fumbles, and that that leaves 19 dropbacks. And he charted all 19, and 16 of those overthrows were missing an underneath robber defender in some kind of in-breaking route, which is a very common type of route that they like to run with San Francisco. That robber role, when you're running kind of cover one robber, that's likely to be Donovan Wilson. And that's really a, an area where he really thrives, is kind of playing in that, you know, uh, rat in the hole, robber, whatever you want to call it, a uh, position where he's kind of a- able to freelance underneath and, and kind of get lost in the shuffle of everything. So uh, if, if if Jimmy G is really susceptible to kind of not seeing that underneath robber throw, look for the Cowboys to deploy Dono that way because he is good at that. Uh, and, and if not getting an interception, at the very least dislodging the, the ball uh, when they try to get you know open uh, on the digs and the kind of in-breaking routes off play action. Uh, last question, and this is a really good one. Uh, this one's from at 501 flame. He wants to know what is your favorite Cowboys 49ers game? You know, I, I mean, I think it's easy to say I, all the, all the Cowboys would say that 94 NFC championship game that they lost, right. Where yeah. uh, they were down 21, nothing. And, and, and they fought and back. Think, yep. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, Aikman had three picks or something like that. And they were able to fight back and kind of, I think only win by lose by a touchdown or 10 points or something like that. I mean, I have a hard time. Maybe my favorite clearest best Cowboys moment ever. And I've, you know, I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life is I, I think it was the 92 game when they, uh, when they played at candlestick uh, and Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy Johnson saying how about them Cowboys is like a is like my year zero right for Cowboys fandom like I mean obviously I was a Cowboys fan before and after but everything before and after that moment for me was like uh, yeah so I would say the Cowboys winning that 90 uh, that 93 NFC championship game Jimmy in the locker room afterwards and just knowing that we were on our way to the Super Bowl and and frankly I think I felt like even then we had an idea that we were probably going to win the Super Bowl too uh for, that's a really good one. Um, I'm a little bit younger, so I I, I kind of hazily Stop remember. Stop rubbing it in. Stop rubbing. Well, it I'm just saying, <laughs> a lot of my memories from the the '92 game were basically through YouTube and VHS, right? Like I don't remember watching that game live. So I'm gonna pick a different one. <clears throat> yeah. Cowboys 49ers 2011, the Tony Romo Tony Romo punctured lung game. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So. I'm going to read you, first of all, Robo stats in the game, 20 of 33, 345 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, this is who the, the 49ers had on defense in that game. And that season, they were incredible on defense. The 49ers, oh, yeah. uh, that was the year they went to the uh, NFC, uh, yeah, the NFC Championship game. Vic Fangio was their defensive coordinator. Uh, they had Jim Tom Sula on that staff. I mean, they were just absolutely loaded. But 
The the 49ers on defense that year. I'm, I'm going to read you their starters. Yeah. Uh, Ray McDonald, a defensive tackle. Isaac Sapawaga, Justin That's Smith. Right. Ahmad Brooks, uh, Paris uh, Harrelson, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, uh, Carlos Rogers, Terrell Brown, Dante Whitner, and Madhu Williams. Like that defense was ridiculously good. And, and some Robert of those a- names, some of those names, like we don't like it's it's hard to remember. Like Ahmad Brooks in 2011 was incredible. Oh, was, was incredible. Great. Like, yeah. like they, they, that name may not ring as true as like you know some of the other names there, but some of uh-huh. those guys at the time. I mean, Justin, uh, what's his name? Justin was, Tuck. Yeah, Justin just, Tuck was incredible. Was probably the best defensive lineman in football. Okay, like, l- listen to those linebackers again in this game. Yeah. Ahmad Brooks, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, and Alden Smith in his prime. Yep. And the Cowboys threw for 345 yards in that game. I'm going to read you their starters on offense because it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Romo, Felix Jones, Miles Austin, who had a huge game. And then it was Kevin Ogletree, John Phillips, and Jason Witten. Okay, that was their starting pass catchers. Doug Free, Derek Dockery, Phil Costa, Kyle Kojar, and a Tyron Smith, rookie Tyron Smith playing right tackle. Phil Costa. Do you remember Phil Costa? Man. I mean, the the Romo playing in that game with the punctured line and coming back the way they did was incredible. Uh, John Kitten almost threw this game away. Kitten came right in. He threw ten passes and two interceptions. He was awful. Um, Again, well, I mean, he gets an incredible defense. To be fair to yeah, him, yeah, I mean, it, was absolutely it, it, it wasn't like Kitten was bad. We saw him the year before look really yeah. good, right? Like yeah. it just shows you how good that defense was, and. I, uh, that'll always probably might be my favorite Tony Romo game. That was a pretty amazing game to watch. I that's a that's good. a really fun rewatch on YouTube, especially the Jesse Holly play because you know it's coming, and you just get like the the hairs on your neck are standing. Yeah, up. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, and then right. watching Jesse on the sideline celebrate it for the yeah. next four years. <laughs> he did. I mean, listen, I, I, he, he earns it all. I, I will never, ever forget that play. He's still taking victory laps and, and God bless him. Absolutely. It just, I wish he would have scored, man. That would have been so I much mean, better to just, just one more step, Jesse. That's all. Just one, one more. more Jesse. Dive, Jesse, just dive. Andrew Hawkins would have scored. Andrew Hawkins. <laughs> remember that show. It was so good. Uh, I had to say it. The reason why I was really hoping to score, I don't remember if you remember this, but early on in that game, Dan Bailey missed like a 25-yard field goal. So I yeah. was still really, really nervous about that kick. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh well. uh, that is it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do some uh, award winners, kind of recapping the 2021 season before uh, we get to the, the preview for the 49ers. We got a crossover show on Thursday. Uh, we got our preview show on Friday. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.